This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Have you ever been to a volcano? When it was erupting? You're now listening to Super they're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game. It's pretty. It's so pretty. He just won a fucking ball. That's what you said, man. I supposed to be a franchise player, and we in here talking about Super Hoopers. That's terrible. Welcome to Super Hoopers. I'm your host, Matt Hill. With me, as always, is my brother in basketball, John Hill. John, you're looking good today. You're looking clean cut. Yeah, yeah, you got a yeah. Fresh, fresh, uh, fresh hairdo. I showered. We also have uh, Andrew Johnson, noted uh, MC, MC that's right. Ajax. Yes, that's right. Famous MC throughout the West Coast. Famous and MC, graphic designer. You're here because you are a Clippers fan. I'm the one. You're <laughs> you're the only you're the only Clippers fan I know. Yes, and I lived in LA for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the most diehard Clippers fan. I, I'm pretty diehard. That's that's why you're here because today we're gonna put the Clippers on trial, <laughs> or uh, I'm gonna, or yeah, we as a podcast are gonna put the, put the Clippers on trial for their likability, determine if they are the most hateable team, or maybe the second most hateable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but first, we're recording this uh, February 28th. Last night there was perhaps the game of the year. Uh, I didn't watch it because you know, because <laughs> I got better things to do. You know, I got fancy parties to go to and whatnot. Uh, you saw John. You said you says uh, I watched of- most of it. I went to a fancy party uh-huh. and then I came home and watched the end of it. Right. You said I got I got to be out. Fancy people, fancy Hollywood types. <laughs> yeah, I got to watch this game. Yeah, uh, it's it was an insane game. You got any takes? Just- anybody? Anybody choke? Did Durant choke? No. No. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, what? It, yeah, he screwed up, but then he also, like, made a bunch of shots to get him there. Like, whatever. Like, he's probably, like... Nah, he's <laughs> Mr. Unreliable. Yeah. Sure. yeah, he's Mr. Unreliable. Yeah, I mean, like, whatever. Yeah, he screwed up. He was an idiot on that last play. But, like, man, Steph Curry's just too good. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I read all the tweets, like, all the tweets from all the M- M- other NBA players talking about how great Steph Curry is. Ugh. You don't like it? He's all right. If you like that, if you like that sort of thing, if you like the platonic ideal of a jump shot, if that's your, if that's if that's your bag, yeah, that's what your you, bag. Are you hate you hate the Warriors, Andrew? Because you're because you're a Clippers. Uh, I'm the fan. only Clipper fan, so I gotta like at least you know hold true to that in that way. Yeah, but I mean. don't you have to admit the Warriors are aesthetically pleasing? <laughs> You mean like handsomeness wise? Yeah, or? both, <laughs> Very both, handsome. both. They got, uh, they got Curry and they got a no, when they're Iguodala yeah. uh, Barnes. No, they're pretty styling. I mean, yeah, when they're rolling, when they're when they're playing well, when they're moving the ball, it is it is beautiful. Their unselfishness. Um, 
You know, I'm iffy. I'm going to do the hot take and say step the pull-up long-distance threes. I mean, there's a beauty to that, but... What, what would you prefer? A dunks? Not dunks, but it's like he's... It's a shooting contest with himself, which he's winning, but it's like... <laughs> Hey, you know, I gotta preserve. I gotta find some flaw. No, my, my thing is like I don't. Even, I only watch the Warriors. Like that's like if I'm putting a game on and the Warriors are playing tonight, I'm gonna put the Warriors on. And I don't that understand. I don't understand people like you guys who are actually fans of teams. It's like, <laughs> why would you watch Philadelphia or the Clippers over the Warriors if you mm-hmm. have League Pass? The Warriors are just so much fun to watch, and it's historic. Like we're gonna be telling our grandkids. You know, knock on wood that, you know, uh, you know, we're actually fertile. Yeah. That, you know, if we have grandkids that, you know, we could tell them this was the best team I'm not ever played. Tell, I'm not going to tell my grandkids that. <laughs> <laughs> they were aight. They were aight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because of Steph Curry, all these players are going to be able to shoot from half court. So that's that's what I wonder. That's what I wonder if it is if he is just a genetic anomaly or if um, it will change the game um, as far as like people learning how to shoot from deeper and deeper. Yeah, um, I think the, the the thing that stood out to me is just like, like the word that came to my mind is the audacity, right? Mm-hmm. Of the, Steph Curry. The, audis- mm-hmm. the audacity of hope. Like <laughs> that, was, that was what I thought of. Yep, Steph uh, Curry for president. Yeah, but just like, like if he wasn't Steph Curry, like if you were just playing basketball with him, mm-hmm. uh-huh, and a dude just was like, "Yo, I'm gonna pull up from 35 feet." You'd be like, him. "But get him off the fucking court!" Well, like, I he hate this it, though. Yeah. But that's the thing, and he's so confident in it. Like, we're down by three. I need to make the shot. All right, I'm gonna just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, or actually, what was that to tie it or to win? Yes. But like, he was just like giving the ball. I'm gonna just shoot from wherever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Well, they had a timeout, but he's yeah. like, "Nah." Yeah, he's just it. like, nah, I got this. Shoot. This is what I'm going to do. I think it's helpful that he looks like a friendly baby because it's mm-hmm. like you can't get mad at him because he just looks like this little like little pepster, you know? See, okay, okay. Well, uh, that's fine. <laughs> you got no you got no ammo? <laughs> no, I don't want I don't want to get into it. You a... sound like you sound like every old basketball player this week <laughs> yeah. who was like capping on the Warriors. And it was no. just like you guys just they, you know, to uh, quote James Franco, they hate them because they ain't them. It's true. Know? Yeah. No, I I have to have begrudging respect, unfortunately, as much as it kills me. Yeah. But because um, the Warriors are so much more likable, so much go. more Uh-oh, better than, than your all, Clippers. It's all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter uh-huh. of perspective. No, I think it's pretty objective. <laughs> I think they're objectively <laughs> all right, better. All right. All right. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, should we get into it? Should we put the Clippers on trial? Sure, you want to put the Clippers on trial? So this is how it's going to work. John, you'll, you're going to be the judge. I'm the judge. You're judge, judge, judge John Hill. I'm going to be the prosecuting attorney. Andrew, you're going to be the defense attorney. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put the five players on the Clippers who play the most minutes, mm-hmm. plus the coach and the bench. And we're going to determine once and for all if they're uh, likable or hateable. John, you're going to give a ruling for each player, right? Yep. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Do you want to have our opening arguments, Andrew? Do you have any opening arguments? Um, maybe I might have an opening argument that might inform some of what I'm going to be referring. Okay. To go ahead. Go give, give your opening arguments. Okay. I don't no, know. Wait. Go, the prosecutor goes. The prosecutor first. goes. First. Yeah. Ken Kratz. Ken Kratz. I will say, <laughs> this Clipper team is an abomination to watch. They're eyesore. All they're complaining. They're ruining the game. And I will prove through the course of this case that. The Clippers are actually ruining America, and they represent everything that's wrong with America. 
Woo, America writ large. Yeah, writ large. All right, all right. Well, I can take exception to your opening argument purely for the fact that you just said you only watch the Warriors. So that is immediately putting a hole in your argument about your assessment of the Clippers on the court because you've just announced that I, you don't... I watch them for a minute, Andrew. <laughs> I watch them for a minute and There's I say, something I, can't, in the defense. I can't handle this whining. And uh, this, this, you know, all these, all these, all these awful human beings being paraded around in front of me, and I switch over to the Warriors. There's something that we like to call in the defense lawyering game sample size. And <laughs> in order to get a critical mass of data, you need a correct sample size, which it doesn't sound like you have. Oh, but that's okay. Oh, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, but what, it, what that does speak to what you're saying is this idea of the macro versus the micro narrative. That we're talking about here. On the macro oh, level, sorry. there's a certain um, way that the Clippers are perceived, which fits into a lot of people's kind of overall um, worldview. Worldview of the NBA, uh-huh. and as long as the Clippers fit into that worldview, then it's fine. But as a fan who watches them every day, you get the micro, you get the day to day, you get the smaller moments on the court, you get a kind of a more multi-layered understanding of why the transactions that they do are done. And so you get a better understanding. And so when you see the macro things, you think, I mean, that's kind of right, but it's not exactly the whole story. Okay, well, maybe you can give us the whole story. Okay. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Dang, got the gavel. Yeah, got I got the, the gavel. I got the gavel. Judge, uh, Judge John Hill with the gavel. All right, first player, Chris Paul. All I'll say about Chris Paul, obviously great talent. Mm-hmm. Also a midget, okay? Mm-hmm. 5'10", mm-hmm. like basically what he's had to do is he doesn't have the athletic gifts mm. needed to succeed. And so the way he's had to succeed is by any means necessary. And that usually means playing very dirty, flopping, and working the refs. And that's not fun to watch. It's not fun to watch a player being dirty. It's not fun to watch a guy complaining. It's not watch, fun to watch him getting on his teammates as well. Okay. So that's my case against Chris Paul. He's a flopper and a dirty player. Okay. Okay. Defend him. You like the, you, do you like this man? I like this man. Uh-huh. Yes, I definitely do. Uh, well, see, the problem with the, the issue of hateability is what is you, the rubric? You can't question the premise. Is he hateable or likable? You said, are you? <laughs> well, but how does hateability if he, if relate he, to? He can put the definition of hateability on trial. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Relax. Object. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, would you rather have a player that's not necessarily likable that you don't like want to spend time with after work, or would you rather have wins? And this is something that I think I'm going to reference a lot. As we, yeah, a lot. Um, I would disagree with you that Chris Paul does not is bereft of physical. Well, yeah, of course he has some physical talent. My point uh, is that he's had to he's had to make up for his lack of height basically by being dirty, like uh, others before him, like John Stockton. He's sure. Chris Paul is, is the black John Stockton. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, no, and I'll take almost that as a in every way, right? He's, he seems very corporate mm-hmm. and just kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, lame. Yeah, like John Stockton. Like John Stockton, who I agree. John Stockton, lame as fuck, right? (laughs) Absolutely, no argument there. Same with Chris Paul. Um, You even see him in his like stupid State Farm commercials. (laughs) They do work for the same organization. Who? 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 State Farm. Oh, that's right. They're all. They're all part of that State Farm. Mm -hmm, Okay, so do you have a defense? It doesn't sound like you have much of defense, other than he's good. 
No, Chris Paul is good. He does have athletics gifts, and he is the best pure point guard in the NBA right now. Um, I, would, I would ask you who's a better pure point guard as far as managing okay, what a game. Is, what, is, what does pure point guard mean? Because like Steph guard, Curry's a point guard. Steph Curry's a point guard. Why is but he not a pure point guard? Because he shoots? Because he shoots. Because he's more of a combo guard. Steph Curry's a shooting guard who's too small to play off guard. Oh. That's all he is. He can't, If at the end of a game, he can't rally the team into a... Uh, a formation in order to like create an open shot. He's because gonna pull the up best, the best shot, the best shot is him falling up from thirty-five. Absolutely, one hundred percent true. But that doesn't mean that he should be um, absolved of the of his point guard duties, right? Like he should still he be able could, to run he, a team. He he could he can run the team when he wants to run the team. All right, all right. Well, Steph Curry's Steph Curry's the best point guard. Uh, yeah, I guess Chris Paul would be your best quote-unquote pure point guard yeah and it's a dying breed and you know even Chris Paul has said he's felt the pressure of having to score more because you know the modern NBA you have combo guards more than point guards but the thing is like as he has established during uh, Blake's injury like he's run that team he scored more he's put more effort in and the team has not dipped and I think as the franchise player that's stepping up in Blake in lieu of Blake the numbers should speak for themselves because their record is better as with Paul as their focal point, as Paul as their best player than is Griffin. So to the extent that my definition of likability is victory, and victories have gone up post-Blake, then I say that Chris Paul is likable. Oh, all right, nice. All right, Can we get ready? Rolling? You got rolling? Yeah. Court speaks. Chris Paul's the shit. Oh! oh the meat tenderizer has <laughs> meat spoken. Meat tenderizer has spoken. Chris Paul's right. awesome. I don't, yeah. Whatever. Go, I, like, go I like young... Go I like small, scrappy guys. Like, I'm he's just gonna he's take so a, good. Like, what do you... You can't... Um, Next player, Blake Griffin. I don't think I have to say much with Blake Griffin. He seems of 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 the players on the Clippers, he actually seems like perhaps the the best guy, like the most fun to hang around. Hang around. Mm-hmm. But he did punch a dude in the face. He did. He did he punch did. his friend. You know, as we've mentioned several times on this podcast, Matthias Testi. He uh, punched him in the face repeatedly. And I'll say he's hateable not only for just punching his friend in the face, but where was the mea culpa? It was like one tweet. Right, like no, he had apology? the press conference. He had the press conference. Oh, he, uh, he had a press conference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, this is new information. Sorry, mm-hmm. I it was, was not, recently. It was I was like, not. I wasn't privy to this information. It was. Uh, it was last week when the Clippers tweeted the picture of them two shaking hands on the sideline, which was really kind of oh kind of sad. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fam, this, this tweeted a picture and said like fam or something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so what was his? Uh, what was what was his press conference like? Uh, what did he say? He said, yeah, he gave his apologies. Did and he give he a reason question. for why, why he did it? I mean, he just said it, got, it escalated out of hand, and you know that he's sorry that he's spoken to Matthias about it, and you know that he took questions on it, and they asked if he needs anger management because he punched that dude in Vegas, right? And he said no, but hey, all people with problems are always in denial at first, yeah. Um, and that's what that was kind of his. Now I'm going to sit on the sideline. Now I'm going to be back with the team. Oh, so he's, now he's sitting on the sideline with the team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, well, I mean, my case still remains. He punched He punched his best friend in the face repeatedly. It wasn't like a one punch. He continued to do it. Take, took the guy outside, punched yep. him in the face. Yep. So the man the man has issues. Yep. Also, we just I think his eyes are too close together. Um, you know, it's just <laughs> aesthetically un, unpleasing. <clears throat> I don't think his eyes are too close together. I think his jaw's too wide. And so it throws <laughs> oh, off. Throws off. That makes sense. So <laughs> I'm going to even argue with you on that, on the eyes wide part. What's your defense of Blake? <laughs> Blake is so likable. No, um, I think that, yeah, that did cast a pall not only over Blake Griffin's likability, but a little bit over the Clippers' season. I think it is a traumatic moment when when within like your workplace something like that happens 
and that can't be underestimated. But as far as like Blake's likability, um, no one has ever questioned his work ethic in the league. You know, when he came into the league, he was basically at best Amari Stoudemire, and obviously he's kind of been able to transcend that. And I think that that's worth at least his, um, our respect as fans, if not maybe our approval. Um, there's Kia. You gotta love that Kia commercial. <laughs> Um, and and just you know like it's better than it's better than the State Farm commercials. I'll get I'll oh, give I'll give him right. that. His yeah. commercial his commercial game is much stronger than Chris Paul's. I, I I'm just not a fan of Chris Paul's. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, Off the court presence. I'll agree with you on that. Kia is better than State Farm. Um, but um, you know the thing about the likability thing and the way that the punch kind of interrupts all that. Um, I thought Jay Williams, the ESPN um, announcer, former Duke guy, uh-huh. infamously flamed out in the NBA. He just made reference to the fact that, you know, we ask these athletes to ratchet up the intensity of the way that they behave on a moment's notice at the snap of a finger. And that when you're young and an athlete and expected to do that on cue, it will mess with your wiring a little bit. And it's not to excuse what Blake did, but it's to say... Uh, I don't know. It sounds like an excuse. It sounds, ex- it sounds exactly like an excuse. Well, it's just to say that if we're, if we're defining his likability solely based on the punch, well, maybe the punch is just a product of the folly of youth combined with the machine that is professional Did you sports. ever punch any of your friends in the face when you were 27 years old? Did I ever punch <laughs> any of my friends? Did it I even ever the fifth. Am I on trial here? What the heck? No, I don't think I ever punched any of my friends in the face. And if I was punched in the face... It would probably be a pretty traumatic experience that would affect the likability of the puncher in my eyes. <laughs> I, will, I will see Ooh, that to oh, you. Oh, you were judging. Here he just admitted wow. from. <laughs> All right. Can we get a ruling? The ruling is Blake Griffin's a shit. Damn. Oh, Damn. I have no problem like, punching people. I feel like, <laughs> I'm on the I like, feel whatever. Like the cherry well, is stacked. No, no I'm on my side. Your, your whole argument was that he punched the guy that was annoying. Whatever. I actually like, like, I, I just, full disclosure, uh, uh, prosecuting attorney, full disclosure, I actually like Blake a lot. Yeah. The punch is the only thing I could find fault with. No, Blake's, Blake's awesome. He's funny. He's great. Next up, whatever. DeAndre Jordan. Okay. DeAndre Jordan. Here's my issue with DeAndre Jordan. He represents will for ignorance and. Um, you know, he has a, a lack of a lack of spine, and what I'm referring to, of course, is mm. the Dallas thing, which mm. I think, you know, people are like, oh, he changed his mind. It's totally okay to change his mind. I think that if you give your you give your word, you give your word. I mean, what he did is he said he was going to sign with Dallas, mm-hmm. and then basically his friends went and talked him out of it. Mm. Or I mean, I guess he had second thoughts, and he texted them, and they went over to his house and talked him out of it. Just a dis- disclaimer, uh, Matt Hill said that he was going to be here at noon, gave us our wor- his word on it, <laughs> and then texted us and emailed us that he was running late, and then now we're starting at one, so just, no, just throw that out there. That's, just throw, that's, look, Judge that's, Ito just won that out in the, you know, full disclosure. That's, uh, in, in, whatever, not, not, <laughs> not relevant, not relevant to the case at hand. Yeah. Well, my thing is he just seems weak-willed, like he doesn't mm-hmm. seem to have... Uh, and maybe this is not a hateable thing. It's just oh. more. Uh oh. It's more a personality deficiency where he seems like he could be peer pressured into anything. He doesn't mm. have a sense of self. Like he doesn't know who he is. Mm. And you know, again, to to say you're going to go to Dallas after they wine and dine you, and then to go back on that, you know, I think repre- represents you know that that that's that's sort of what's going on with him. He just seems basically what I'm trying to say. He he, he seems. 
kind of dumb, you know, for lack of for <laughs> lack for lack of a better word. But also, it's not a sin to be stupid. It's a sin to be. It's a sin to be. <laughs> it's ignorant. The title of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the sin here is, you know, a lack of bettering yourself, like a lack of mm. recognizing your deficiencies and working on them. So it seems he just seems like he goes with the flow, and it isn't working to to make that better. Mm. And also, that's that's part of the reason why he didn't want to go to Dallas is he didn't want to be the man, right? Um, I would argue that his likability kind of centers around the evidence put forth by his backtracking on that decision. And I, I would kind of agree with you on many of the points that you made. But I think that in, in that regard, it kind of makes DeAndre an innocent in my mind because um, he found himself in a situation where he's being talked up and told that he needed to be the man. He's since fired his agent, who was probably feeding things into his ear. He was wined and dined. He got cut up in the whirlwind. That all sounds like a very human thing to happen. And for him to backtrack, yeah, he didn't go about it in like the best way. He didn't directly reach out to Cuban or anything like that. Oh, yeah. That. Thanks thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I forgot to bring that up. Yeah, he didn't directly reach out and say he just like tweeted or had his agent call or whatever. But um, I think it just speaks to kind of an innocence and kind of like a, a humanness of DeAndre that has made him actually more likable in my eyes despite his transgressions. But it's like my point is that he should have recognized, you know, that innocence and the lack of awareness and worked on that. You know, you're in your mid 20s, man. Like you need to figure out like you need to get your shit together. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I was a famous rapper by the time I was 25. So, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had it all together. Yeah, uh, no, but I mean, like, you had to, you know, work on your rapping, I would guess. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to make it personal, uh, defense attorney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did have to work really hard. But, you know, you have to recognize, you know, the, the areas you need work and, 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 you know, put put that time in. Totally agree. I can't, I don't really have much to counter with that except to say that um, I think, yeah. It, it would show the human side that you rarely see in professional sports with the facade that we put up and that DeAndre has ultimately earned the contract that he did get uh, by being a force. Well, yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely been really good this year. I mean, he's been really good previous years, too. Mm-hmm. I think he's very underrated in terms of what he, what he uh, gives on the court. Judge, can we get a ruling? The court has ruled DeAndre Jordan guilty. Oh, finally! Finally, I got one! For two I, reasons. One... Watching Hack of DeAndre is the worst basketball. <laughs> it's just like, Fair. sorry, dudes. That's and two, like, why are you wearing a dress on TV? Like, mm-hmm. oh, like why whoa. didn't you? Why did you? Whoa. Why did you whoa. allow that? I think that's good. I think that's good. It shows like a, a lack of self consciousness. No, like make Kevin Love do it or something. Like, mm-hmm. you, like you could have just Kevin picked Love someone. No, I think it. the dress yeah, is yeah. funny. I forgot. I, I, uh, the prosecution would like to drop the charges against DeAndre. <laughs> 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 I love that dress. I think I, that's great. I think it just. I think it shows that. He's down for down for a good time. I like, feel like care about his image. No, no, and I'm not judging that part. I just feel like they all stood around and they were like, "Yo, so which one's gonna be the mom?" And they were like, "Make DeAndre." He ain't gonna say no. He ain't gonna, the he ain't impressionable gonna say no. DeAndre. Yeah, always. Oh, well, maybe that's what happened. They talked mm-hmm. him into they it. They talked Come him on. into yeah, it. They, no, they absolutely <laughs> talked him into it. I, I don't know. I like that about yeah, him. Guilty. Okay, let, I think this next one is a slam dunk. All right, here we go. So this is easy. a basketball con- so podcast. easy. JJ Redick. No way. <laughs> you, are you, Andrew, we can just move on. Are you honestly going to defend JJ Redick's likability? Yes. yes. So please. Okay, go case. ahead. Oh, this, I go. No, you no, no, go I'll go. I go. I go. Yeah, yeah. This, first of all, all you need to say is you went to Duke, all right? <laughs> Duke won. Uh, second, paid a girl to uh, have an abortion, even Ooh. though he professes to be like Mr. Christian Dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets, again, 
which is super hypocritical to be like, I'm super Christian, I'm all this. Then he pays a girl to get an abortion. You can look it up on the internet. I saw that. I remember that. Also, he has a giant sleeve tattoo, mm-hmm. which he revealed on his podcast um, that is, you know, it's from the New Testament. Basically, his sleeve tattoo represents the four books of the New Testament. Again, a little hypocritical because in the Old Testament, it says not to get tattoos. So you're mm-hmm. like ignoring that part of the Bible, but taking the part of the Bible where you, I don't know, tattooed on your arm or whatever. And just look at his face. He just looks like the he looks like a date rapist. I mean, he looks like the, every single horrible frat guy that ever existed, like composited into one. Okay, uh, Andrew, okay. You're, you're struggling. <laughs> no, you're no, struggling. because he just caught me like daydreaming about JJ Reddick's face, and then I lost you, all the focus. So. <laughs> um, no, I I think again we're talking about the transgressions of youth. And to hold somebody accountable, something. No, for look, some- you can look. You can get a girl pregnant, and you could pay her to get an abortion. Look, that's fine. I mean, Paul George did that. It's, I mean, whatever. You, mm-hmm. you know, that you got. That's just, you know, that's fine. We all made made mistakes. We've you, all paid girls. We've all <laughs> look. We've all, you know, done something similar. Uh, my issue is not with that. My issue is with the hypocrisy. Right. Where you say, "Oh, I'm Mr. Christian. I'm Mr. Like good dude." You know, when you're doing all this stuff on the side. It's like it's the same thing but with Dwight Howard. College, Dwight right? Howard's like says he's Mr. Christian. Meanwhile, he's like tearing his way through Orlando, like mm-hmm. banging every groupie you know from the you know from Orlando to Tampa. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. you can't have it both ways. I like my athletes. You know, if you're going to be a family man, be a family man. If you're going to be Allen Iverson, that's great too. Yeah, right. be a Satanist. But at least, yeah. I'm totally, yeah. Da- yeah. I'm totally yeah. down just with that. Just be upfront about it. Just, yeah, just be upfront. Like, yeah, like I like to party, and that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Be, be J.R. Smith. I got no problem with J.R. Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, you know, Mr. That. JJ Reddick over here, like, you know, he's, he says when he says he's starting a park podcast because he says I'm starting a podcast because you know. I have a lot of thoughts about the world, and I'm a very well-educated person. Like that's a good you, JJ. That's <laughs> pretty good JJ. Down. Yeah. I thought and he then was to here. be like, and then to be like, you know, my arm sleeve. People have been asking about it. Uh, it's a real personal thing for me. You know, to me, the Bible is really important, and you know, each part of the sleeve represents the four uh, the four Gospels. And then you know, man, JJ meanwhile you're paying a groupie to get an abortion. Come it's on, not man. Meanwhile, he was in college. Like, uh, could you defend if if someone put some behavior that you did? But in he college, never owned up to it either, though. He never owned up to it. Well, it was a confidential case that was brought to light. Well, then like, he, in spite then, of his will, it was it was supposed yeah, to. Yeah, but then when it brings a will, you're like, look, I made some mistakes. That's you true. know, I've learned. I've you know, through the grace of God, I've realized this, realized that. That's true. That's true. I'll I'll, give, I'll seed that to you. I mean, I think like JJ, um, he's a he's a well liked teammate. People like him. He came into the league super unliked, with the chip on his shoulder, all time leading scorer at Duke. Um, it Ooh. didn't work out for him, and there was a time where people wonder where he whether or not he was going to be no. in the league. No, he was always good, man. He was good in Orlando, and he's good, been good. At the no, Clippers. no, he wasn't good in Orlando. The only the only time he got a shot with Orlando was I think it was an injury. I don't remember my Orlando players only. T- player i can think of when i think orlando's shooting guard is nick anderson but that was way long time ago yeah. showing my age <laughs> but um he got a chance in the playoffs because of injury one year and that's only when like he started to get take root as an nba player he was shipped off to milwaukee before he was the clippers yeah scott skiles there was infamous fuse scott skiles would not play him so coming to the clippers like even though the clippers gave up a lot for him as they tend to do and it was a huge gamble he ended up fulfilling that being the one of the hardest working players in the league one of the players who comes ready to play, one of the highest first quarter scorers in the league, and um, 
also leading the league in three-point percentage since January 1st. Like, he's a performer, and he's had to work at that. And I would imagine that that's been humbling and that I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, yeah, he's been humbling, but he's certainly not humble. Mm -hmm. You start a podcast saying, like, I have all these thoughts. I'm I'm a very well-educated person. Like, (laughs) I'm very worldly. I mean, that doesn't seem like a humble statement right there. True. (laughs) I'll take that. All right, can we get a ruling on JJ? The court had decided... Guilty. Yes. Oh. All right. All right. All right. You had right. me at Duke. <laughs> <laughs> we need so to we're like, I think we should just move on because Jamal Crawford, because we're doing the top five players in terms of minutes. I don't have much of a case against Jamal Crawford. I think Jamal Crawford's pretty dope. Right. I agree. I mean, yep. like, I, li- I actually like why. I mean, my only case against him would be that, you know, he's kind of a gunner and he the, way, you the, out of the way he plays yeah. is kind of anti-science, but. Yeah. Or anti-analytics. But, I mean, I like watching him play. I think he's cool. So, let's, you know, for the final piece, let's go to the coach and the bench. Okay. Um, and I think the case is is very clear, you know, what what against Doc. In that, you know, this is a guy where, you know, the organization rots from the head. And Doc's behavior, um, you know, spills over into all the other Clippers. Where, you know, Doc is constantly whining um, with the official, uh, against the officials, he's constantly complaining. That's not fun to watch. I mean, that's really the case against the Clippers is they're not fun to watch because of uh, the level of complaining. Mm-hmm. Every single call, you know, everything's a travesty, and that starts with Doc. The second thing that Doc does, or you know, one of the crimes I'll levy against him is is you know he dismisses analytics or he dismisses a well thought out reporting. I mean, this is uh, evidenced by you know him. Him uh, trying to make the case that DeAndre was the defensive player of the year. Tom Haberstrow wrote an article basically dismantling that. And then Doc Rivers calls out Haberstrow without reading the article. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Um, I remember that. Classic. And then we can also see, by the way, he runs the team GM-wise. You know, he goes after players. This is Everyone says this, and it's true. He goes after players who played well against him or played for him. Mm -hmm. He He has no ability to scout players, no ability to you know, find gems or, you know, trade for players he's not familiar with. Because, again, he must be dismissing scouting and, and, and analytics behind the scenes. And, you know, if I say the trait that, 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 is, that I find most appalling about him is nepotism. And obviously you have the avatar of that. <laughs> you have the avatar of that in Austin Rivers. I mean, Austin yeah. Rivers was not going to be in the league. The only reason Austin Rivers is in the league is because his dad runs a team. And no other team wants Austin Rivers. And Austin Rivers won't be getting playing time on on any other team, and so it's like you have the literal representation of of what he does in in in, in his son getting minutes on the Clippers. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, um, I hear everything that you say. I do think that uh, as a general manager, um, there is a certain macro narrative to it, and I think, but I do agree that Doc does need some help, maybe from like an analytics or perhaps like even a business. Like someone from the corporate world to kind of give a big picture understanding of what he's the doing. The hubris. That's the hubris right there. Where he's- well, but I will also say with regard to Doc is Doc is a cagey dude. And he knows exactly the effect. And, and, and that's kind of the criticism that's levied against him often is that um, he's political. He's, he's kind of a, a self-promoting type person. But, and I agree with that. But he's also very cagey. He knows what he's saying. He knows the effect that it's going to have. When he disses Tom Haberstroh in the media... 
he I'm sure he didn't read it, but it's also like it's just to try to show a show of support for DeAndre. And to that extent, that's like ability, that's loyalty. That's to your point about the head of no, an he's, organization. He's very good at managing personalities. That is that is his skill. Yeah, but definitely. I think X's and O's and analytics, those are those are his deficiencies. And again, my problem with him is the hubris of not realizing that's your deficiencies and getting either working on it or getting someone else to do that aspect. Well, here's the thing though, with regard to, okay, so specifically like his GM performance, right? Like this, this season was almost a reckoning for him. Like he almost, um, single-handedly like plummeted his own status as president of basketball operations because DeAndre was about to leave. They didn't have any major signings. The team was like thinking about even like going towards tanking because of DeAndre leaving and everything surrounding that. And what did he do? He actually fashioned out a very respectable bench. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. That's bullshit because he, that's what everyone said before the season, but it was easy to see that, 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 that bench was not going to work. That bench has not worked out. Paul Pierce has not been good because Paul Pierce is old. You could have seen that coming. Josh Smith was so bad that they shipped him away. Lance Stevenson, same thing. Those were his, this is what I'm talking about. Those were his big signings. Those Those were his big signings. Those were not his big signings. In the the press and what he touted, those were his big signings. In the press, those were his big signings. For him, those were not his big signings. No, he, he, took on Lance Stevenson as a one-year flyer to get out from Spencer Hawes, who was objectively Yeah, terrible. of course, but uh, now Spencer so Hawes what was were his big signings? The uh, the Wes Johnsons and the... Yeah, the minor signings, which happened all before Josh Smith at minimum, a one-year flyer on Stevenson, and Paul Pierce to give veteran help and leadership. He signed uh, Umba Mute, which you laugh, but he's been a very... No, I know. Look, I, look, you can listen to West podcast J- episode one where I lauded his little signings. I said, you know, everyone in the media is giving Doc credit for these big signings. Those aren't going to work out. Right. What he's done a good job with is the Cole Aldriches and the Wes Johnsons but the, and the but Pablo the, Prigionis. But the quote-unquote big signings were majorly low risk. They had one year of Lance Stevenson with a team option for second year. So the, if he but happened I mean, to, why are you even doing it? Like Because it, they had a, they signed Spencer Haas for five years. So no, they, no, no. It was they, only a few, it's, only, it's only an extra year. I think it's, it's I think it's a five year twenty five million dollar contract. We can it's only one year we longer. Can, we can internet it later, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But Spencer Hawes was an absolutely egregious, terrible fit for the yeah. Clippers, and he was capping them out. So to be able to get anything back, just to get him off the books for nothing would have been huge. To have to take a one year flyer on Lance Stevenson, I think that was totally worth it. And ultimately it they flipped it into Jeff Green, yeah, included a pick. No, they included a pick, yeah. yeah. That, which, that. Which, which, is a big, which is a big corollary to the whole argument. But the bench, ultimately, once he benched Josh Smith and Lance Stevenson, has been a plus for the team. And this sounds, no, but it you, sounds like a comical statement, but the Prigioni Aldrich pick and roll has, in some ways, saved the Clippers' season because it's, <laughs> it's given them when you, when you listen, listen when they play Prigioni and Aldrich in the pick and roll, and they have Johnson. Rivers and Crawford on the wings, and they're all spaced out. It causes problems for defense, and you laugh. But and then this is to the next point about the nepotism. But Austin Rivers, not only last year but this year, has been a major contributing factor. And I always point out, and I always point out with the Austin Rivers deal that he replaced Jordan Farmar, who was absolute garbage. Well, that's just because just because. Rivers can't uh, Doc Rivers can't get a good backup point guard doesn't mean Austin Rivers is good like, yeah but he got Austin Rivers for free he got Austin Rivers for a second rounder and yeah he got him probably well, second rounder isn't for free Sam Hinkie you know he, yeah he's like, piling those <laughs> yeah alright can we get a ruling on uh, Doc and the Doc and the bench oh this is a tough one um are we gonna we can do- save it we can save it for close you can give us you can just give a final ruling uh I'll do this we're at a tie we're out of time. Okay. We're out of time. We're out of time. Because I do believe Austin Rivers 
is, is an the NBA worst player. Oh, you do? You oh. Okay. Oh. In the sense that if Jakar Sampson just got signed, Austin Rivers would get signed somewhere. He was, okay. what was he? What pick was he? 13th? Nine, I think. Nine, yeah. He, he would make the league. Okay. But a tie because, yeah, let's go. Let's let, go me, the final. let me briefly give my closing arguments. All right, closing arguments. My argument is, as I mentioned, the Clippers are, they represent everything that's bad about America. Okay. Chris Paul, dirty player, achieving success by any means necessary rather than in an honorable fashion. Blake Griffin resorts to violence to solve problems. Okay? Thug. Instead of reason. Blake Griffin represents violence Use your over words, Blake. Reason. Use your words. Use your words. DeAndre Jordan, willful ignorance, mm-hmm. anti-science. He's and like, dumb. He's like one of those, he's like those, uh, He's like those Republicans who just dismiss science and think it's stupid. Whoa, that whoa, is DeAndre whoa. Jordan. Don't get political. <laughs> JJ Redick, hypocrite. Hypocrite. I can't even hypocrite. say it. Hypocrite. hypocrite. I'm so, you know, just, I just filled with uh, passion. Matt is bright red right Jamal, now. Jamal. Now that's just my usual uh, <laughs> yeah. face, though. Uh, Jamal Crawford. Do you hear the sirens in the back? This yeah, is the hot take. This is the hot take coming. Yeah. They're coming. <laughs> Jamal Crawford, a gunner. Shoots tons of mid-range shots. Anti-science. A gun and guns are a huge he's problem. Teaching, yeah, he's teaching the kids the wrong lessons. And finally, Doc Rivers, hubris, pride, refusing to acknowledge his deficiencies, and his son being on the bench is nepotism. Again, this country, let me tell you what this country is founded on. Tell me. And what makes this country great. What makes this country great is it is close to a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what Doc Rivers is doing is the opposite of that. And everything that's good about America is the opposite of the Clippers. The Clippers are the most hateful team in the NBA. And I urge you to rule in that fashion. To do your patriotic duty. To do your patriotic du- duty and stop th- them from destroying America. Woo. Wow. Wow. I like it. I like it. That's tough. That's tough yep. to follow. Pride goes before the flop. Isn't that the... Uh... <laughs> Pride goes before the flop. Is Yeah, that's the Clips. Okay, my closing argument against the, for the Clippers, oops, sorry, I'm already <laughs> digging a hole for myself, is echoes yours to a degree because I think it does speak to a lot of what's wrong with America. And I speak to that because I feel like there exists a class system in the NBA. And that in that class system, the Clippers are at the bottom. Or at mm-hmm. least that's how the macro narrative treats them. The Clippers are a laughing stock. They're losers. They're bottom of the barrel. And... People like that kind of structure to their team, to their entertainment, to their lives. So they like it's easily digestible. The Clippers, yeah. the Clippers are losers. They exactly. always be losers. Let's make fun of the Clippers. Exactly. And yeah, you spoke on your podcast a couple podcasts ago. I'm a longtime listener <laughs> nice. uh, about nice. the NBA being a soap opera. Uh huh. And and that's exa- I think that echoes my argument very well because you need winners, you need losers, you need heroes, you need villains, and the Clippers are losers and when the clippers stop being losers it messes it causes anxiety for people people start feeling like the world is chaotic they don't have control the clippers are supposed to stay in their role and know their role and that's exactly what the oppressed people of this country are treated like right when the oppressed try to transverse i see what you're saying this this is an interesting argument so you're basically saying the Clippers are losers. That's what they've always been. Mm-hmm. And then their success flips everything on their head. Absolutely. And so we have to find a different way to tear them down. Exactly. And so what you're saying is 
with respect to America writ large, mm-hmm. when you know a minority or someone who's oppressed mm-hmm. becomes successful, we find some way to tear them down. And the older, the older amongst us get scared. The reality that we knew our whole lives no longer exists. Okay, the Clippers are loot winners. What's next? Freaking. Who knows? Free socialist healthcare for everybody? <laughs> wow. to, to not like the Clippers is to be Fox News. Oh! Straight up. To appeal to the anxiety of change. And I'll, I'll just add this part to it. The anxiety of change and the audacity of hope. Mm-hmm. When um, people do like an underdog, though, uh-huh. as, a, as a counter-argument. But they like their <laughs> underdog. You already made a very coaching argument. Why are you trying to make a counter-argument? This, this is my last, my last little point. People like an underdog. People like a success story, but they like their underdogs and their success stories to ask permission, to be earnest, to be meek, to be um, humble. pure, humble. Hum- yeah. And so for the Clippers to A, try to transverse their role at the bottom of, the, of society's narrative, and B, to not ask permission to do it by being abrasive, by doing it on their own terms, by having hubris and pride, it purely speaks to the anxiety of let, uh, letting the lower classes rise up and make a name for themselves. Damn. Damn. Fox All right. News. Can we get a ruling, Judge? I've, I've listened to both your guys' arguments very, very carefully. And the court has decided that the case against the Clippers, the Clippers have been found not guilty. Oh! oh! <laughs> can I just... Can I have not my, guilty. Can I, have, can I have full disclosure here? Like, in, in preparing for this... I I honestly thought I had the easiest job in the world. I wow. was like, you know, I went out drinking. You really Marsha Clark this. I really Marsha Clark it. I really did. <laughs> you were I, smoking I, the whole time. Last, like, like, like I said, laughing. last night, we were supposed to, I, last night I went out heavy drinking, you know, because I was like, I just wasn't prepared. I was just like, slam dunk. Slam, slam dunk case. Dunk. Clippers are easily the most hateable team in the league. I was not prepared for that vociferous defense, Andrew. Mm, very well. strong. You, all, you convinced me your closing arguments. I was like, holy shit, like, this is actually a good case yeah. for why the Clippers are likable. I'm shocked. Yeah. Outside of the court, we will hug. <laughs> <laughs> we shall I'm, embrace. I'm like ready to go watch the Clippers now. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I'm, 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 John, are you, I'm impressed. I was I'm, very impressed by your closing oh, argument. Well, that really, that really made impressed. me feel That's good. That's a lifelong yeah. of... Clipper fans lament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was really strong. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I do, you know, I honestly, because I thought the Clippers were the most hateable team in the league, but I got me questioned. I mean, maybe mm. Houston is the most hateable team. Oh, Houston. We have a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one's used that before. Wow. <laughs> but I still hate Doc. Like, I still I still can't stand Doc. Well, but the, but the ultimately, though, on a like, like purely likability, like I said, do I want these guys to be friends with me? Uh, since I already got the ruling, I'll say no. Not in many cases, no. <laughs> yeah, but, no. I yeah. mean, like, on, like off the court, uh, Blake and DeAndre seem nice, but Chris seems like a dick. Yeah, JJ seems like he'd be insufferable <laughs> with his views. Yeah, uh, actually, Jamal. Crawford. What was he? He was on his podcast saying something's overrated. That one's like atrocious. Didn't he know. like not like listening. Star Wars or something? He said something that was like. Oh, I'm trying yeah. to remember what well, it was. Well, I, I can imagine. But it was like he's like, "There's not enough paid abortions in Star Wars." <laughs> Not, Too many re-abortions. There's not enough hypocrisy. There needs to be uh, more New Testament shit in Star Wars. Um, all right, this, this is that time for Get At Me, Dog. Andrew, do you know do you know how to play Get At Me, Dog? Have I'm you, not you sure. You, you might have to refresh my memory. You just said you listen to the podcast. I listen to most of every most, podcast. So you never get you never get to the Get At Me, Dog part. I think I have, but you know, it's like 
So we the way it works is, yeah, is John and I, uh, we pick an NBA player to tweet at. We oh, okay. tweet, tweet at the player, and then That's if right. he responds, we get points. So the player we did last time, also shout out to Ian Smith, who's actually a listener to the podcast. He's the only person to ever get an NBA player to respond to his tweets. What? John and I have been unsuccessful oh, thus far. Oh, man. Um, yeah, shout out to Ian. So uh, this last, last time we said we were going to do Trey Lyles. So my tweet, so Trey Lyles tweeted... At Trey Lyles Mamba. At, yeah, at a great Trey name. Mamba Lyles. Yeah. So he tweeted, my, this is my tweet to him, all right? So uh, he tweeted, Fashion Mall at Keystone, any good? Okay, mm. that's what his tweet. And I responded to him with a picture, like a nice like Sears portrait picture <laughs> of a uh, like, nerdy looking guy with a rooster, okay? <laughs> that was the picture I responded and I said, oh yeah, got this picture done there. <laughs> I treasure it always. That was my tweet to him. That seems prime for a response. That doesn't work quite well on the podcast. You really have to see the picture I tweeted at him. Yeah, we'll post the picture. Yeah, Uh, John, what did you do? I went really simple. Yeah, I saw. Just very simple. He's been posting a lot about uh, Kanye West Uh and the songs on his new album. So I just wrote, you got a favorite song off The Life of Pablo? Right. Just really simple. It seemed like that's the one that he'll respond to. Right. If you ask him questions, he'll respond something like, you know. Okay, so let's reveal. Do we reveal the results? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Damn it. Ah, if you get a like week, or a fave, if you get a fave, does that count? Are you yeah, yep. from, the, from the NBA player. Favor like. We have yet to get a fave or li- whatever. Fave like, retweet from the player nothing. themselves. We've gotten zero. We're just throwing stuff into the internet. We're not going to, I mean, we're not going to give up. We're going to keep, we're going to keep doing this. We're um, going to keep doing it. But you know what was interesting is, um, so today Donald Trump, uh, retweeted a quote from oh, yeah. Mussolini. I saw that. And then that's the, nice. The ba- that's just nice. Well, the backstory was revealed. It was actually a Twitter bot set up by Gawker uh, like a year ago. Or maybe it wasn't a year ago, a few months ago. And the, what the Twitter bot did was take quotes from dictators, attribute them to Donald Trump, and then tweet them at Donald Trump. <laughs> okay? And the idea being like, Donald Trump is too stupid. Like, eventually he'll re- retweet one of these. Um, and so the Twitter bot did like three of these a day for the past two months. Oh. And finally Trump, you know, responded to one or retweeted one. So it's like, that's a Twitter bot doing it three times a day, you know, for months. So basically 90 tweets before it got a hit. And so we're just doing like one every like week or so. So, yeah. you know. so that's our excuse. Maybe we should up our volume. Maybe <clears throat> we, so what? we, cause we, cause what we say is we're allowed to do one. Like maybe no. we're allowed to do more. No, no, no. Let's not let's not change let's not the rules change the to rules make it game. easier. This is America. We don't do that. Oh. Let's keep it hard. Let's not talk about what what what. what yeah, you know, we, what don't, should, we don't just like the, the qualities that make we America don't just great. Give free stuff out there, Bernie. Uh-huh. But you gotta like oh, earn yeah. it. Oh, damn. You gotta earn it. It's oh, one man. shot, and that's what you're going with. Shout out to Bernie, man. Sorry about uh, sorry about South Carolina. I saw our good friend Alex Kavisky last night. Big Bernie supporter, oh. man. He looked like someone like killed his mother. Oh, I mean, he man. was like so that was sad. decided in like the first ten minutes, right? It was, yeah, yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Well, don't um, worry, Trump's gonna make America great again. Yeah, so we'll be fine. Ooh, with John. that Trump being in mind, though, wouldn't you then pick one NBA player for the season and keep tweeting at them and, and the first one to get? Yeah, a but I think that's tough because it's like that you might get bored of that player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but we do need to pick a player for next week. Uh, Andrew, Andrew, do you have a player that you would like us to? Yeah. Is there a particular clipper that you think would respond to us? Or Austin not, or any, or any player. Austin any Rivers. He's particularly <laughs> active on is social he? media. Right. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Austin oh, Rivers. Austin okay. Rivers. Okay. Yeah. Oh, All right. Man. This is going to be good. Oh, man. 
Wow, what are we going to do? I might have to uh, abstain. A conscientious objector. I think you should go hater route. I do. Actually, I might. Recap of nepotism, the definition. I'm like, oh, that's good. That's That's good. good. I'm definitely doing that. I'm going to break the rules and just, yeah, I'm just going to tweet hate at him for a whole whole week. Just tweet shit at him. Because, well, if you get blocked, you get negative points. Oh, I was going to say, getting blocked is at least a response. But I mean, like, exactly. It's a response. So negative points, I think, is more interesting than... uh, you know, them positive points, maybe. Um, all right, so we've reached that time of the podcast. We're, ra- <laughs> we're, we're winding down. Shout-outs and beefs. Uh, I'll shout-out. I'll start us off by shouting out Tony Allen. Mm-hmm. What up, Did Tony you see, Allen? Uh, yeah, Tony Allen. The sneaks? He got... He's, yeah, he got the signed sneaks by Kobe. Uh, but he also tweeted about the new Batman Superman movie. Did you see that? No, I did not. He said, "He said, what's going? On? He said, what's going on? Why are Batman and Superman beefing? They both superheroes." Amen. <laughs> That's what America's asking. That's what America's. You speak yeah. for us all. Wow. I just like. I just love picturing Tony Allen like in his house, you know, chilling out. All of a sudden, the trailer comes on the TV, and he's just like, "What? Why <laughs> what? Are they beef?" And like, it blows his mind. I got a like, tweet about. This. I got a tweet about this. He brings his kids in there. He's like, "Can you explain to me what's going on with Batman and Superman? What happened?" <laughs> like, it just gets a picture of him getting like real sad and confused. Yeah. Love Tony Allen. Tony Allen might be. He's one of my favorite NBA players. Great person. Definitely likable. Definitely, definitely just just fantastic. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a shame when he leaves. Uh, leaves the league. Uh, great Tony Allen. Uh, I got some beef. I got some beef. What's that? What's that writer from Dallas's name? Oh, Dwayne Price. This Dwayne an, Price. This anti. The, so go look up Dwayne Price. And head his, he went dude. on the analytics. The rant. Price is wrong. The price <laughs> is wrong. There it is. <laughs> I mean, the thing, see, he went on this anti-analytics rant this week, and what was great about it is usually the anti-analytics stuff is, you know, whatever, it's somewhat coherent. His anti-analytics beef was just—it was just a disaster. Like it didn't even make any sense. I mean, it's no, just... no, it's 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 ridiculous. Like he was like, "I'll pick the twelve best players. You pick your twelve best players, and we'll let them play." Well, idiot, they're probably the same players. Mm-hmm. Analytics doesn't think Michael Jordan's bad. Yeah, I know. There's no, there's <laughs> like, no, there's, just, right? there's no, there's like, no statistician out there being like uh, Jordan. Well, actually, yeah. although they do that about Kobe, but they're yeah. right. <laughs> So it's like, like God, like you just make yourself look so stupid, mm-hmm. like 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 you're just like so old guard, new guards. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the thing is, that's the problem. Okay, man, we talk a lot about America this this uh, this, this episode, America, but yeah, the it. problem with America is there's a lot of stupid people. So it's like those stupid people also consume media. So it's like there's a place for the Dwayne Prices because someone has to write articles for dumb people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that's audience. that's his corner. Yeah. yeah, our our Dwayne Price of Philadelphia is this guy John Smallwood. Uh huh. He's a fucking clown. Ooh, he's a Smallwood. Yeah, he's no. Such an <laughs> ap- idiot. A very apt last name. Oh my god, he's like the worst. It's like every other week is like, it's just a contradiction of him being wrong. <laughs> like, like it's just like just one finding week, different ways to doubling be wrong. down on. It's just and... like every like. Oh my god, it's like John John he's Smallwood. Like, John Hill's coming for you. Ugh, Beef. I don't even like. I wouldn't even know what to talk to him about because he's just like every. Well, you got to solve it with violence. Uh, that like, probably you got to go the Blake Griffin way. Just punch him in the face <laughs> if you see him in the street, man. Yeah, it's just like. Like I've got my, all my issues with beat writers. Like, are they have they never like heard of the internet before? Like, it's like 
you wonder why the newspaper industry is dying and all that. And it's just like, you it's, guys are so you know, bad at what you do. What is interesting, I, th I do think it's a sample selection thing where I think the good beat writers get called up to the majors. Mm, where so yeah. it's like only the bad beat writers are left. Because you look at some of the, um, like Tim Bontemps, like he was a really good beat writer for the Nets, and now he's a national writer. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're good, like Chris Herring is a good, he's sort of a Knicks beat writer, but he's like so good that he writes yeah. more like national. That's Tim Kawakami, he's lame, but that's why he's still the Golden State beat writer. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn, we're calling out a lot of people. <laughs> like Kevin, Kevin Ding was... Uh. I like Kevin Ding. Oh no, yeah, me too. He was a good he was a good Lakers beat writer. Again, now he's a national writer, so. Yeah. We we've, we've got this one guy. He's like on the like the suburbs of Philadelphia and like his Twitter is just like people write him the dumb questions and he'll just respond like but give it credence. Like they'll just be like, "Do you think the Sixers will get Durant?" and he'll and he'll always write back like, "I don't know, Billy, that's going to be tough." <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Down easy. Like it's always and he always refers to the guy, he like manually manually retweets it and I'll just be like I don't know, Matt. We'll just have to find out. And you're like, what are you, you fucking turd? What's his name uh, from Parks and Rec? Bird Happily. Bird Happily. Yeah, like, Bird Happily is it? And you're like, you're making your living doing this. How is this possible? Because, because like Matt said, yeah, the audience that's... loves it. Probably is like, oh, he responded. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he, he yeah. considered he's, it. He's thoughtful. Yeah, he's he gives voice to my opinion. Also, is there is there a single beat writer? that knows how to buy a shirt that fits properly. <laughs> like, do you just all go to, like, Macy's, buy, like, a, like a size 17 John. Von Helsen shirt? John. Like, in, like, all the pastels. And, like, is any, just one of you can Stop. just put a and shirt put a tie on. with a three-dimensional pattern yeah. over just, that. And just, you're, and you're then, writer. Yeah, Look. and then whatever microphone, camera you have is always, like, this weird-ass contraption. Like, don't Micro you? Microcassette. Yeah, like, why? Why? Is there I, not look, like? Can't you figure this out? I, I'm 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 beef with you, Jog, because you, not all of us worked in the fashion industry. You worked in the fashion industry, correct? You were like I worked in women's fashion. Women's fashion. That's what I'm saying. Like you're a fashionable dude, okay? Like that maybe comes natural to you. Maybe you learned. No, it, at it did your not job. come natural to me. Well, you, not all of us are like you, okay? Speaking as someone who's wearing, uh, you know, cut off jeans in February. <laughs> That's true. Like, That's true. It's hard for me. Like when I go to Macy's <laughs> to buy a shirt, he's like, "Where's the beat writer section?" <laughs> <laughs> you no, just hold up a picture of a of a media scrum. You're like, "Any of these will do." Any of this? Can you my, make sure it hangs <laughs> off my shoulders? Well, okay, that's my point. Is I go there and I gotta buy some shirts for work, right? Mm -hmm. But I have no idea what my size is. I don't know what I'm working with you know, here. No, the dudes at Macy's are nice, though. They'll measure you up. But then I gotta have a conversation with someone. Yeah. Like, that's... Well, what's oh, wrong that, with that? Agreed, that's is a socially awkward person. It's really hard for me to go up to someone and be like, hey, can you measure me? Like, that... To me, I would rather buy a misfitting shirt than have that conversation. That's mm -hmm. just stupid. I know, it's that's stupid. That's just stupid. I'm telling Look, you... Look, when you go to, like, a bank loan, you go to them and say, hey, can you help me with the loan? You have to Not talk Matt. to people. Just no, he just money. goes and, and buys an oversized house... <laughs> Look, Can't, I would ugh. I would rather not have the loan than uh, have to talk about my finances with a human being. But if you're, you know, if you're a public figure or if you're even on but camera, but you're a beat writer, you're not on camera. Yeah, you're just yeah. you're just chilling. No, there. you Making are. You're shot. on. You're there. You're on TV. These people, they're on TV. Look, they don't like have that? wives to tell them to buy them shirts. Probably not. Like, they don't have. They something. don't have someone in that studio uh, or to be like, hey man, like look, that shirt just doesn't fit. No, no, no. Let me tell you something about having a wife because I have a wife. All right. 
So two things could happen. The wife could just long give give up on, you know, trying to improve your looks. The second thing, they have an incentive to make you look bad. Because they don't want you to cheat on them. So it's like they're sort of like making sure. So that my wife likes it when I dress like garbage because she's like, okay, no one, none of Matt's students are going to be coming after him because he looks like that. Like I'll notice when my hair is like, when I have, haven't cut my hair in a while, she'll be like, oh, you know, your hair looks nice. And I know it doesn't look nice. But she's <laughs> trying to, like, she's man, trying she's to doing keep you me, dirty. She's, yeah, she's wow. doing me dirty. She's trying doing to keep me dirty. ugly. Yeah. I Which think, isn't hard. Not I hard. think some of these beat writers are like, <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think the wives of some of these beat writers are probably fine. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think Tom Moore's like really crushing it. What do you mean? You mean you just said they're fine? They're just like fifty-five and bald and overweight. They're not. They're not getting chicks. Get a shirt that fits. Look professional. But just it's like really have hard. some. But also, when you're sort of like doughy and fat, it's hard to really get a shirt. Like, look when no, you, you have, can do it. Look when you're. That's a, not no no. A, a you can felt young man like yourself, John. It's easy <laughs> to get a shirt that fits. It's There's hard a, when you got lumps and weird places. No, you can do it. You can do it. You got to go to a tailor again. That's another social. No, you don't interaction. Even have to go to a tailor. I was wondering why you're hosting the podcast in a tux. Yeah. Now, now I understand. <laughs> uh, I wore this to bed. Yeah. Um, no, just like come on. Come on, guys. Just, just go to a store, a happy find, a, find a guy that looks like he's well-dressed and say, hey, I need help with this shirt. And they will they will get you a shirt that fits. Ugh. It's that simple. I need to get some shirts that fit. Let me then tell that, you. Let me know. I'll go so I'll times. go with you. I'll get you some shirts. Oh, but go. then you got to organize. That's a whole other thing. Shopping. It's not organized. Yeah. Just tell me where you're going to be. I'll show up. <laughs> Actually, there's that like, just, great, just go to Gap. Just go great. to Gap. They don't have bad shirts. Oh, oh, this is good. That's this the good problem. Is you're, you're you're going to the wrong place. Go to Gap and say, "Hey, I need a shirt that fits." There's a shirt that fits. Oh wow! All right, fashion Express. advice. Just fashion do, advice. Yeah. Andrew, do you have any fashion advice for our listeners? Uh, sometimes, sometimes you look good. Sometimes you don't. You're, yeah, you're it's high, good. Yeah, you're yeah, a, you're a high variance. You're a high yeah, variance yeah, with fashion. Yeah. I would recommend uh, vary be- your look between high and low. Uh-huh. As often as you can. Keep them guessing. Keep them yeah, guessing. Yeah, <laughs> you may show up to be like, oh, oh, I can't wait to see what, what Wait, schlubby thing he's going to wear in this. Boom. Yes, then, yeah. Yeah, Take nice. it all in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Your yeah. shirt looks like it fits. How'd you, how'd you pull that off? Big. Um, no, it fits great. Thank you guys. Really how did you that. how did you achieve that that that, that fit? <laughs> because he probably right put it. one on, looked yeah. in the mirror, no, gotta, and was like, takes, "Oh, this fits," that and takes then too bought much it. Time. It takes too much time. You got to go to the dressing room. <laughs> like, I would say I, I generally do the collar shirts because yeah, they're quite forgiving. As uh, most beat writers know. Yeah. You know what? I just realized that because I see pictures of myself in t-shirts. And I'm like, ah, that looks bad. And I see pictures of my collar shirt. I'm like, okay, the collar shirt is covering up, doing some work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why older people. That, that's why older people wear collar shirts. I guess. Mm-hmm. Huh? And giant blazers. Yeah. Trump. Yeah. I think we're going to have to do a fashion makeover with Matt Hill. <laughs> well, we should do a, That's a good video, a fashion makeover <laughs> yeah. of me. Yep. I like, I mean, I'm wearing a San Antonio Spurs shirt right now. I'm digging it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any other beefs? Ooh, man, we talked a lot about fashion, but I think it's going to be helpful for our listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think they're going to. Public you know, service. Yeah. Public service, yeah. Just get any a more beefs? I, I mean, I have, I have some I have beef. a quick shout out. Yeah, shout let's out. Shout out. It's really quick. It's yeah, really yeah, quick. No, no, I just want to give a shout out to home announcers who support refs calls against their home team thank you that is so rare and it just that seriously like sends a jolt of of just hope of audacity of hope up my spine (laughs) Uh, miami heat prime example they'll call a call pretty straight no matter who Uh it is what about the clips announcers Oh man, they're too busy joking around and yucking it up. I hate. Like, I really don't like Lawler. I will. I like. I know Lawler, that's an unpopular that's opinion, but I don't yeah. like Lawler at all. I, I'm. I. I don't mind Ralph. I don't like Mike. He's too. He's too. Um, 
overactive and just talks over the game, doesn't let the game breathe. But um, as far as like unbiases with the refs, they're all right. I'd put them at average at best. But you, some, who, you're saying Miami's really good? I, I respect Miami a lot. Um, yeah, I think the, I think they're top of the line as far as that goes. Like they'll always call. If it's a foul against their team, they'll call it. They won't, like, express that. Then the worst thing is, like, the expressed outrage. Like, the fix is in tonight. You know, like, Boston, yeah. obviously, oh, is God. for that. Boston's the worst. I got beef with Boston constantly. Oh, constantly. I'll, I'll beef with Danny Ainge, where he comes out and he says he was, had all these, like, trades that are about to happen. Do you guys read about this? Where he, yeah. you know, after the trade deadline, he came out and said, oh, we, we had a huge trade for a star, and they backed out at the last mm. second. And it's just like... Hearsay. It's such he's he's what he's doing is so clear. It's so transparent. Where it's like Boston has all these assets that they they haven't been able to spin into a star, and so that reflects poorly on him. So he has to he's going out there being like, well, I did it, but this guy backed out. Mm-hmm. Same thing he did the draft. Oh, I was going to get Justice Winslow, but the other team backed out. Or Kaminsky wasn't he like trying to? No, he wasn't trying to get Kaminsky. He was trying to get he was trying to get Justice Winslow. Oh, okay. He was but trying, to, but I mean like. Dude, you didn't do it. It's still on you, man. Like, don't come out. And also, all this shit about it being Jaleel Okafor, I don't believe that for one second. I don't know. It might be. No. I no can way. see that. There's no I way. I really respect Danny H. And that's another begrudging respect because of the way, that how quickly the team has rebounded. But I don't think he's, like, on the level. He seems like kind of a He's shady a shady dude, dude man. Yeah. He's a shady dude. He's a shady dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. Based on not Would knowing you, him at all. Would you do Crowder and Bradley and the Nets pick for Blake? Well, I hate the Clippers, so right. if the clip should the Clippers? Oh, I think I might hate Boston more than the Clippers, though. I think I'd rather have Blake on the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't it, do that. I'd keep I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that if I were if I was running the Clippers. If I was Doc Rivers, uh, first I would disown my son for being <laughs> for being an awful human being, a basketball player. That's what you could tweet at him. Um, I would also, yeah, <laughs> actually, I should do that. Uh, if I were Doc. I would trade Chris Paul. Is the move I would do because I think uh, I think Chris Paul is you know on on the downslope, and so I would I would flip Paul for for something else. Although the problem is is like I don't, I'm not exactly sure what point guard you could get for Paul because um, you would need a point guard in, in return because you don't have any other good point guards on the roster, um, and I don't like Kyrie Irving that much, so I would I, I wouldn't trade for him. He's more of a shooter. But I wouldn't play. I would not trade Blake. There's no way I would trade Blake. Blake is too good. Blake is, you know, I think Blake is a top the five, ceiling. top, ceiling at least top ten player in the league. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, oh, I got one quick shout out. Sure. Shout out to uh, rights of Ricky Sanchez night at the Sixers game. They got a bunch of uh, Sixers fans who got, went and they chanted like analytics and trust and process. Yeah, I and, love it. And the best was there was this one clip and then it's just all these dudes cheering and then this one girl just her face was just like, ugh, who are these gross guys? <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. Who are these guys in who are these, fitting shirts? Who are these <laughs> this group of losers chanting? Uh, so shout out to them. Way to way that to represent. Great. Yeah, I think they ch- ch- chanted second rounders. Too. And they chanted yeah, second, second rounders. Nice. Second so great. Rounders. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, I would love. To, yeah, I actually would love to be a Philly fan. Um, I think it'd be fun. Um, all right, Andrew. Thank you so much for coming thank you on. Guys. Thank, thank you, you Andrew. For, uh, you know, suffering my attacks. No, not at all. I'm used to it. I'm a Clipper. Yeah, you're used to it. You know, you can find us on Twitter at the Super Hoopers. I'm at Tweet of Matt Hill. John I'm at. Jay Hill Namin. Andrew. 
Oh, I don't have one, but I'll see you guys. <laughs> I'll see America around. <laughs> see, see you right. Macy's. Thanks see again. Boost. Until All next right. week, keep pooping. Have you ever been to a volcano? When it was erupting? You're now listening to Super they a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game. That's what you say, bro. We just form a fucking wall. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. That's terrible. The internet has changed. So should the way you bank. PNC Virtual Wallet for Digital Banking. It's time for a change. Now through March 31st, earn up to $300 when you open and use a select new virtual wallet product. Simply establish a qualifying direct deposit. To learn more, visit a branch or pnc.com slash checking offer. PNC Bank. Make today the day. Virtual Wallet is a registered trademark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association member FDIC.